Hi, welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Canty. You can learn more about me and my team at KatherineCanty.com. For more than two decades, I have been able to travel the country and help other people grow their business. From those experiences, I was able to work with a proposal team that generated success 90% of the time for over a decade. We have created a leadership coaching program that is creating 100% measured results as seen by the leaders, peers, and stakeholders. And finally, I have spent nearly a decade in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, where we are learning what's working and what's not. And more importantly, we're able to take the communication from the boardroom and get it down to the front line so execution is easier to implement. You know, from all these experiences, we created a framework called Business Vitality. These are all of the best practices of leaders and and opportunities that have been coming up decade after decade. And a lot of this stuff has been in practice for more than 20 years, 30 years and beyond. And what we're learning is a lot of these folks that are remaining vital in business today are having to think differently. And to share a quote from one of my CEOs that I've worked with in the past, he told me all day long he can hire folks, but what he needs more of are people who think outside the box. So in an effort to pay it forward and celebrate successes, we are going to be sharing stories of leaders who are thinking differently and remaining vital in business today. Please stick to the end and we will share how you can be a guest on the show. And thanks so much for being here. Amy LaLiberty, you are the founder and chief number cruncher of the finance edit found on the web at myvirtualcfo.co. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Thank you. I'm excited. We chatted a little bit before and, um, you know, before I jump into some of the business questions, I feel like we have some things in common. Um, I understand that you're in a rural community. Um, probably less than 2,500 or so. You're in New York. I'm in South Carolina, different mm-hmm. areas of the country, but a rural community is a rural community. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand you're an introvert. Um, I saw your Myers-Briggs on LinkedIn. And then you spent close to two decades in corporate um, America. Um, I'd love to know just your, your leadership and business perspective from being an introvert in the rural community and then going out and starting your own business. And I think that was back in 2016. Yeah. So for me, I think that um, it's beautiful that I get to live in the country where I'm away from, um, as an introvert, it's like, you know, working in corporate, your bucket is filled in the morning, but then with like giving out all of the energy, it like lowers it down. So to be able to retreat into like a rural environment in the country where you're surrounded by trees um, is very like filling up the bucket again in order to then go back out for the day. And so um, I feel like that's where like where I live has really helped in terms of like my personality and just how I like receive and uh, energy and give energy. Um, and in terms of working in corporate, it's really interesting for me because it wasn't until towards the end of my time in corporate that I started to really identify as someone who was introverted, I always thought that maybe I was an extrovert, but I think that it was because there's an expectation. If you're in the corporate environment, if you're in a leadership position, if you're a management and like advocacy and everything, I feel like there's this 
energy that you have, you push off that you're like an extrovert. So I, I do think that some of that is that I'm an introvert, but behaved sometimes like an extrovert in order to like do the job, create the results and all of that, which was always such an interesting, um, give and take, if you will. Yeah. Um, I can relate because I, I did a lot of training. I trained over, you know, 2000 people during my first, um, corporate experience. And, um, I was grateful for it. And they just assumed because I could stand up in front of people and be able to talk and, and, and entertain, you know, for days on end that I was that extrovert. And really, I just want to get back to the hotel room at the end of the day to have that quiet time to be able to get some energy back in order to go back out there and do it again. And I appreciate the opportunity. And I thought it was fantastic. It just, I realized for me to get my energy back, I just needed to have some downtime afterwards. So it's funny that a lot of people, they, we have the perception that you have to be that extrovert to get the results. And it doesn't always happen that way. You can be an introvert. There's great books like quiet that's been mm-hmm. written that that talks mm-hmm. about all this good stuff. So, um, I, I appreciate you saying that. And I love, um, you being in a rural community. And I just think it's really important, um, that we all know that we can all be fully successful in any of these communities, especially the rural ones. Um, there's so much talent. And I, I, the second half of my corporate career was in the agriculture and, and supporting mm-hmm. the rural communities. And um, there's so much talent out there and it's, it's a gift to be able to, to see it. So thank you for lifting your voice and, and being able to share here. Yeah. And I think that um, one of the ways that I think like the whole like rule and like what I, ha- who, the types of businesses I work with, mm-hmm. um, I think is very much um, like in tandem in terms of themes. Like I, um, I can certainly work with larger businesses, but I choose to stay and I work with businesses that are under, um, that do under 5 million in annual revenue. Now I know that that still may seem a lot to your listeners, but, but it, when you look at like the corporate landscape and the small business landscape, a small business is defined as um, like a hundred million. So it's like a very, like, it's, it's very definitely constrained down to that because I honestly think that businesses that are $5 million and under in revenue are a huge part of that base of small business. And they are the ones that I think lack access to like really good financial strategy and management and all that. So I feel like it's such an aligned way for me to like take my skill set and apply it to a sector of the small business community that like really like can um, thrive with the type of skills that I, I bring to the table for them. That's fantastic. So I would love for you just to be able to talk about what you created, which is the finance edit mm-hmm. and your business. Do you mind just kind of talking about that a little bit more and who you're serving? Yeah. So um, I have two different uh, ways that people work with me. The first way is one-on-one. So if you are a business who are who is in a position and, and want to outsource your finances, your bookkeeping, your CFO services, my uh, company does that. So we completely outsource it. We work and we become a strategic partner for you so that we're able to get an understanding of how you like, what are your financial goals and how do we create that? And where are there the opportunities to make improvements? So we look at cash flow and all of those like, um, like finance, like things that we do. And we also figure out like, what is the, um, in, like the employees or like, how do you create a team and all, you know, all of that. So we work through all of that. That's on the one-on-one. And then the finance edit program 
is the way that I help businesses that are either just starting out or not quite ready to outsource their financial side of it. And what this does is it gives you like everything that I do with my one-on-one clients, it's all in there. So if you want to know how I create a bookkeeping system, it's there. If you want to know like what we do for like a CFO strategy session, it's right there. And the whole like in the mindset work that comes with scaling a business, it's there. And the whole purpose of it is, is that um, access to really good financial literacy is 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 what you receive. And on top of that, when you decide to outsource your financials, you're doing so from a place of empowerment and not from abdication. So often business owners, they don't start their businesses in order to do the financials, right? It just becomes one of those things like, oh gosh, I have to do this, right? And so what I want to invite them to do is to, to embrace their financials because I think once they understand the power of understanding your financials, you're able to create and set really great financial goals. And you're able to really define for you as a business owner, like what is enough and how you want your business to, 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 to run and, and what is enough for you and what is like the whole spirit, if you will, of the, the business. And so that's what the finance that it does. And it creates that accountability structure. So you're not going in it alone you come on, you have office hours so that if you're someone who's going to avoid doing their bookkeeping, you can come on and have that body double experience where like I'm there answering any questions or even just holding space for you to actually do the work. There's so much in that accountability of, of just that last piece that you just said, you're there in body and, and you're there to support them and hold them accountable. And Gosh, isn't that the secret to most things in life? You need that accountability partner to kind of get you there to show up, to get you to start thinking and and being more intentional about your business and the decisions that you're making. Absolutely. I mean, I definitely can see that in non-financial sides of my business that the accountability that I've crafted has really helped me show up in another way as well. Um, because I think we all have different like strengths that we bring to our business. And um and so I love the idea of being able to help clients with the thing that is the, the thing that they like the least is what I, what I'm told most of the time. <laughs> that's And you love it. And that's what we should do is surround ourselves with these folks that have the strengths that allow us to lean into our strengths. And mm-hmm. if you're going into business, you're not always wanting to go into business, you know, to run financials, but that's your whole right. reason for being here, which is exciting right. to be able to have resources um, that support that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are like one or two signs that somebody should reach out to you if they're looking at, at their business and they're just kind of like, eh, I don't know, but I'm, I'm sure you see maybe one or two signs that are pretty common and those folks are reaching out to you and you're able to see some good results. Yeah. So mostly what it, what it comes down to is if you are someone who is it's coming to the end of the year, I mean, obviously when we're recording it, it's, we're at the halfway point of 2022, but if you're coming to the end of the year and you haven't done anything with your financials and you know, if you, you live in the U S and you know, you're going to have to file your taxes and you're starting to feel like I'm going to have to do this again. I've waited to the last minute. Like that is a really good sign that you're lacking a, a system. You're lacking like the financial data to help make, um, to help you make informed decisions, not like use it as the only thing, but just to help aid those decisions. Like that is like a big sign. The other thing is that um, even working with one-on-one clients that are that are doing like one to three million dollars in revenue, um, when I first talk to them, they say things like, "We're doing really well, but we don't understand why our bank account doesn't match how well we're doing." 
And so like that indicates to me, like, okay, there's a cash flow situation here. How do we like, how do I, how can we work together to figure out what's going on in the cash flow perspective so that they're aware of it? And it could very well just be that like, you know, in this case, maybe they have invoices that haven't been paid yet. But again, it can be so many different things, but like just having more questions than answers when it comes to your financials, like in any of those, if you identify with that, that's where working with someone like me with the programs that I offer could be really helpful. Love that. Okay. So you mentioned you, you have a few programs that also sell online that you have a quiz. Do you mind just kind of talking about the quiz that you have? And um, I think you've got a wait list for a program that's coming out soon. Yeah. So do you mind talking about that? Sure. So the quiz, it's fun. It's free. If you just are curious about what your money CEO mindset is and what, how you like, um, how you identify with money from a CEO perspective, this is the quiz for you. It's, you know, it's light, it's fun. It's intended to be a way for you to create awareness around different things that different types of CEOs that I've worked with throughout the years. And so you answer the questions and there's five results and you'll, you'll be one of them. And it leads you into like, just having a better understanding of like, what are the things that work for you as a CEO with, um, you know, if you're someone who is a one-way CEO, like what are the strengths of that? What are the setbacks of that? Like, what is it that you can do to improve if you, if you know that you're feeling the calling to make a change and to redefine your relationship as the CEO of your business, how can you do that from a financial lens? So it's really just a way to elevate the awareness and invite you to consider either just validating what you already know or consider changing the way that you do business because there's not a right or wrong way to do business and to be like the person that manages the money. It's really about is the way that you're, are the actions that you're taking, do they align with the results you wish to create? And if they're not, then that's where like you can really start to question and define and decide if you want to redefine that. And then the finance edit program is the wait list. And that's the program that I just spoke about in terms of like, it provides you with like the whole, um, like a whole suite of different um, modules in order to get you from creating a bookkeeping system, um, helping you manage your money mindset and raising the awareness around that, as well as implementing a cash flow um, uh, uh, process for your business. And so all of that, and then it comes with office hours, it comes with uh, quarterly rollouts of different um, workshops in order to help elevate it. And the whole idea of it here is to help you get from where you are now to where you want to be so that you could very well decide, like, I love managing the finances of my business. I never want to outsource it. Or you are like, I'm ready to outsource it. I've reached the point where I'm ready to hand this off. And you can then go through the process of bringing somebody on board to help you with that or um, um, or bring somebody in-house to do it for you as part of a team member. So it, like, it helps you really just get from where you are now to where you want to be. I think it's fantastic. And I've read somewhere online that you're managing more than $20 million right now um, yep. that's coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is amazing. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, you know, um, I work with, um, 
I identify my business on the one-on-one side as very boutique. I don't work with everyone. I don't work with, like, I have a very small group of clients that I work with on a one-on-one basis. And that's the intention is, is that like, I know every single one of my businesses, uh, my clients, I know what happens in their business. If I look at a financial, I'm able to see what's happening. And I love the fact that I can offer that high touch level and it aligns with like what my personal goals are for like myself, for my family. And it's just serving a group of people who are doing amazing things and having great impacts. So the fact that I'm able to take that and it is, is wonderful. And, um, and I'm looking forward to doing that for the finance edit program as well. That sounds awesome. Um, tell me, okay. So when, obviously you had a plan when you started this, mm-hmm. um, I know when I plan, I tend to say that I like to plan with the end in mind, like how are we going to get to that finish line? Um, I'd love to know from your perspective, like how are some of the ways that you plan? Um, You've been doing this for a number of years. You're going to roll out another program. Um, You're continuing to grow, but you know what your market is. You know what Mm -hmm. your your needs are that you're serving. And um, so when you begin to think about planning, where do you start? Yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I start at the end. And the reason that I need to start at the end is that I think like the way that my brain works is I will go, if I start and try to say, okay, here's what I think is going to happen and start from the beginning and go through, I will like, it's like an off-roading experience. Like, (laughs) so, so I'm just like, I always go to the end and say, okay, this is the destination. This is what I want it to look like. Okay. Now, like I can start working back. Now I don't, like, I don't view this approach as something that I have to be super like precious about and not willing to pivot because any plan that I've ever created, it never unfolds exactly the way, but I'm okay with that because I know that if it's, if the destination and where I want to be is aligned and I feel that within my, like my body, then I know that like, I'm on course with where I need to be. And then one of the things like for me, like time can be very challenging in terms of like, oh, I think this is going to take blah, blah, blah. And I could be completely wrong with that. So what I always do is if I like plan something out, I start with the end, I go to the front and I say, okay, this is like six months. This is going to take six months. And then I double it. Am I still all in if this is a year experience? Because I know that um, for me, measuring time can always be really tricky. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know something like I didn't see when I created the plan, but really being open to the experience and not being in a rush or hurry to get here, just being all in for when I get here. So if I'm, if this is something I'm going to pursue for the rest of my life, am I okay with it? But in terms of like my business, the way that I did it was I was working full-time and then I started the business and then I went down to part-time when I made enough money. And then I went, as soon as I, I reached the amount where I was matching what I was making in corporate, then I dropped like the part-time and, and that's what worked for me there. I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago who like left their job and went all in. And they loved all the reasons for it. And I think that that's amazing too, but it's really like knowing yourself and knowing how you, um, how you thrive in an environment. And then also just understanding from a financial perspective, um, 
if you know that you're going to need so much of a financial runway in order to do something in terms of rolling out a program or leaving your job, just making sure that you have that savings intact is something that was super important to myself and, and my husband, because, you know, that's just how we manage our business. I mean, manage our lives. And, um, and just being really brutally honest and telling yourself the truth, not painting yourself this like pie in the sky thing, but just really be honest with yourself. You have had so many lessons that people could learn out of, out of just this one answer that you just gave. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I mean, I feel like we could go all over the place because you've, you've created a time. Well, you thought about the end, you start at the beginning and you get to the end, you double your time. And realistically, that is how it works. It's usually double the time of whatever it is that we think it is. Um, You allowed for interruptions and things and time blocking because you want to stay fresh and you don't want to burn out and fizzle because you're looking at it as a, as a lifelong, you know, journey and and experience. Um, You've talked about being present and not just trying to, you know, shove through it, but you have clear goals and you know what the plan is and you know when to, to phase up and when to phase down according to it. So it fits into what, what you've decided. And um, you talk about finances and, and being in control, being truthful about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, we all have that dream. We're going to leave corporate and it's just going to magically happen. But if we truthfully do not know what we're spending and what we're spending it on, and is it really needed if we continue and, what happens with the check when the pay, paycheck stops and, and the business is full blown? Um, there's so many just tidbits of information in that one answer. I'm just grateful that you're able to share that um, in such a in concise way. Um, you know, there's folks are always wondering, you know, how do you create wealth? And I think some of these answers that that you're talking about in this last question of, of being truthful and things like that tie into creating wealth. And I'm curious from your perspective, you know, what are some of the best ways to create that wealth? And, you know, when should we begin thinking about that? Yeah. So um, I think one of the things that I have realized in like the time that I've had this business is that the way like context to how we define things is really important. So I think the first thing is how do you define wealth and not looking at it for like, okay, I'm going to go to Google and type in that. But I mean, sure, go do that. But then like, once you've like, like got this information and figured out, like, what are the different ways that all the people have defined wealth? How is it that you define it? Because I think really being clear on what that looks like is going to be super important. So for some people, wealth is, you know, like, having a retirement fund for some people, wealth is like feeling like, like being able to, to live in the moment and, and create that wealth in the present moment. That's not like a tangible thing. That's like that you're saving for like the future, but how you define it is what's really important in terms of like, when you start, I think that you start as soon as possible. And the reason why is because I feel like if you start early in terms of like your traditional idea of wealth, if you're saving money, there's compound interest. And like, we love that, right? Um, The magic of that, because you're, you're building in the time, right? So all of that 
So that's why, but time, but also it means that like, if you're able to get really strong clarity and be open to changing your definition of wealth in anything, um, it allows you to say, this is how I define wealth today and understand that it could change as your life circumstances change, but then living in that truth in the present moment allows you to then like have the experience of wealth because you are embodying it through your, like through your everyday actions. And so in terms of that, um, like that's like kind of a very like vague abstract way of defining it. And for anyone who's like, oh my God, can you please give some context? Like the way that sometimes I define wealth in terms of what I do with my clients is defining like, what is the end game in mind? And so is it like, I want to like have this business and then have enough money so I can retire at this age and then creating the plan of that so that they're able to do that is wealth defined as like being able to then build this business so that you can hand it down to the next generation. However, you wish to define that wealth, like define it and then start building the plan towards creating it. So if for you, retirement is the destination, retirement at 55 is the destination and you're 25, the sooner you start saving for that, the better you're going to be. Because as I said before, you're going to leverage compound interest and your life circumstances will change as you get older. If you're someone who's 25, who's single, 10 years later, you could be 35, married with two kids and your situation is going to be very different. So really just trying to honor your definition of wealth and being open to the redefining of, of it as you see fit is, is really the way that I think wealth is created. And the accountability, just like what you said, you know, you, you identify it and it is, it's unique to each person. And we all have to look inward, just like with any choice that we make in life. Yeah. We can get other people's perspectives, but truly like we have to do some reflective thinking on what's important to us and how do we value it. And, um, and where are we in life? And, you know, what's the end goal and kind of reverse engineer back into it. And as somebody who started early, I mean, I can't emphasize the compounding interest. I mean, just a little bit every week, you stick it away in the account and you will be amazed (laughs) at what Mm -hmm. happens to it. Um, so yeah, the sooner, the earlier, and, um, it, it can just be, you know, a gift to yourself your future self down the road mm-hmm. um, if you plan right and and have that accountability and, and just kind of reflect back on it along the way. I love mm-hmm. that. Thank you for sharing that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I would love, you know, as we're starting to wrap up, what are maybe two or three pieces of your best advice? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a business owner and um, like ask yourself this question, um, how do I feel what do I think about my business financials and just like reflect on that? It will bring so much awareness to how you like, and, and to see if the way that you're feeling and thinking about that is, are they creating, are those the thoughts and feelings that are creating the results that you desire in your business? And if, if they're not, then I think that that becomes a really nice, healthy, safe indication that there needs to be a like reevaluation of how, like the way that you currently handle your finances and whether or not you wish to change it in order to create different types of results. So like, that would be like just a really easy thing to do. Um, the other thing is to, to really like decide, like, are you, do you want to create intention with your business financials um, to the point of like, 
Are you willing to have CFO appointments with yourself to review your financials? And, um, and then just exploring like what that could mean. Um, and, and, and for me, the way that that means is like evaluating your like business, like your income statement. Do you know how much money it's coming in? Do you know how much money is going out? Do you like those figures? And really just creating that awareness around it um, is going to be really helpful for you to help define like any sort of future pursuits. And then the last thing I would say is um, deciding what is your enough number. And what I mean by that is that I think so often the types of businesses that I work with, um, they are the reason that they have these businesses is because they have like uh, personal, like family goals that, that, that fuel those pursuits. And so like, are your business goals aligned with what your personal goals are? And do you have what an enough number is? I think we are in a, um, in a culture that like we admire, like the hustle. And I just, would invite you to question whether or not that is something that's an aligned pursuit for you. And if it's not being honest about what is like, what is the enough number? And, you know, would you dare yourself just to like, to stop, you know, doing like the work if you reach your enough number so that you can pursue the life's pursuits and really enjoy what life is all about, which is, in my mind, like with family and pursuing um, different um, interests that maybe you didn't know existed, but really just having a full embodied life is um, and using your financials to help you define that. Amy, that's very well said. Thank you. Um, if someone's listening and they would like to take the next step with you, um, what should they do? Yeah. So if you go to my website, my virtual CFO.co, um, you're going to see the quiz. So if you want to take that, go ahead and take that. That'll be fun for you. And then um, just if you want to get on the wait list for the finance edit, then um, go ahead and do that as well. Um, but that would be it. And then, you know, um, you'll get the results and you have, you'll be on my email list. And then from there, you'll be able to receive um, the just information to keep like asking, like inviting you to develop that deeper relationship with money. Um, and so, I mean, that's what I would recommend. That's fantastic. Amy, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, Amy Liberty, you are the founder and chief number cruncher of the Finance Edit found on the web at myvirtualcfo.co. Thank you so much for joining us. I've really appreciated it. Thanks for having me. My team and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to the Business Vitality Podcast. We really appreciate you being here. If you know of another leader, another CEO, a founder who has another success story that they are willing to share and be able to pay it forward, we would love to highlight their stories on this podcast. You can find more information at katherinecanty.com. And in the meantime, if you could take a minute and rate this show, that would be super helpful because that's going to allow more people like you to find us in order to continue to pay it forward. Again, if you need to learn any additional information, we are happy to help. You can find us more at katherinecanty.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn with my name, Katherine Canty. Thanks so much for being here.